Blog Talk Radio. Tuning in to Locker Talk on the Bachelor News Radio Network, where you hear about NFL stars of tomorrow. Today, I am your host, Barry Barnes, founder and CEO of Locker-Report.com. And you guys can always reach out to any one of my social handles on Twitter at Locker underscore report, on Instagram, Locker Report 100, all small caps, and on Facebook, LockerReport.com, and also the Locker Talk podcast that's on Facebook as well. Soon to make an, another announcement about the show, hopefully like in the coming weeks. So make sure you guys stay tuned in regards to the show. Some exciting, exciting things that will get more visibility for uh, Locker Talk and also the Bachelor News Radio Network. Now, last week we talked about some great stuff. We talked about what the players did for our week six, and we also got into officiating. We talked about some, gave some highlights, some props to the NFL officials. I called them when you go to the locker-support.com, where you'll find this unique con- content in regards to the NFL. You know, go to the site and you click on NFL caretakers. That's the label that I've given the NFL officials as they care for the game. They care about the game. They love the game uh, probably just as much as the players or more than the players that's actually out there on the, the field executing. And it may sound funny uh, about saying more than the players, but when these guys put tremendous time into preparing for each game, just like the players, you know, both physically and mentally, all year round, uh, the officials, the same exact way. And for these guys to be able to go out there and nail, you know, these good calls and this blur, this blinding speed of the game needs to be committed because not everyone can do what they do in the field, just like NFL players. Not everyone, you know, can be able to make it into NFL because the demand to be able to play on this level is beyond what you can even imagine far as being able to, to, to be able to do what these guys are doing on the field. And it goes to the same thing with officials and knowing firsthand and being around them, knowing the preparation that they put into this is definitely a lot of hard work, a lot of diligence, and a lot of character. So definitely gave props to the caretakers last week. And we'll talk about them again in the next coming weeks with some more highlights uh, predicated from week six uh, all the way up to uh, week nine. So we're going to talk about that. Um, next week. But today, we're going to focus on what happened in week seven, and then we're going to look on towards what to look out for in week eight. Now, with week seven, week seven, um, less games because you had, you know, several teams that were on the bye week. So a lot of the primetime regional guys that, well, you hear me talk about a lot, did not play last week. But still, still, there were still some exciting, exciting performances in week seven. Now, last week when we talked about week six, we talked about perhaps the most underrated position in all of the NFL and probably the most overlooked or even better yet, probably the the, the second most important position for an NFL team outside of a quarterback is your kicker. The kicker is the one that 
will help bail, bail teams out, especially the offense if they can't put the ball into the end zone. If you have yourself a, a solid, reliable kicker that can help carry you uh, to help put points on the board to help either slow the bleeding, stop the bleeding, or advance what or strengthen what is already out there, definitely need a solid kicker. That's that position that people always bang on. But when it's time for that job to be done, everyone is looking for the kicker because not everyone can be able to kick that ball in inclement weather with big, you know, players coming at them with full speed um, in that pressure situation, even with crowd noise and all that good stuff. It's something that you just cannot take for granted. But there's another component when it comes down to special teams. And after watching, you know, going through Sunday's games, going through the breakdowns of Sunday's, Sunday's games, there were a couple of players I knew off the bat that, hey, we're going to profile, we're going to talk about these guys, and this is going to be the lead for going for week seven. Until Monday night, everything changed. <laughs> That's what I love about this game and with these guys with the regional combine platform because you can never look into a week and say, ah, well, it's not going to be too much of a matchup. Uh, you know, you don't really see too much of a big thing going on. However, there's always something going on with these guys from the regional combine platform. Now, when we talk about special team players, you know, we talk about your return guy, we talk about the kicker. But, but the punter, you know, is that position that no one really garners. I mean, it's special teams, after all, the guy kicks the ball. But when you have a team offense or a team that's looking to try to get a rhythm, you have a defense that's trying to get their offense an opportunity to put points on the board. And going up against a Rams offense, it was very commended for the way how the Bears tend to keep them slowed down a little bit. You know, you know they had the Rams that jumped out to an early lead, got an early touchdown. But for the most part, the Bears helped contained them during the course of the game. So they were doing their job. But what they needed was to put points on the board and for a defense to be able to help set up their offense, that is key. And then after all that hard work, going in the your three and outs or trying to commit a turnover, try to slow the bleeding, try to get these guys to punt the ball away, and at last, you finally got them to stop, you finally forced them to punt. And the, the offense probably set up very well to be able to execute down the field to put some points on the board. And then all of a sudden, you bring in this punter, and you have this one punter that just kills everything. Now, most punters are not celebrated with their team, but for the lost answers rounds, Johnny Heckler is celebrated. These guys always talk about how they get up for Johnny Heckler. And one of the players, even when it comes down to Jared Goff, he is stated, quoting, it's not unusual getting off the bench for a punt, end quote. Basically saying for us, with these guys, unlike other teams, the Rams celebrate and love to see what Johnny's going to do when he's punching the ball because when Johnny kicked, I mean, he is nailing, I mean, bombs high in the air, really setting up their, um, their off for their special team players to get down their gunners, to get down and make the stop, and it's really, really hard to return a punt against this team because of this weapon, the sheer weapon that they have, a weapon that the defense really get behind on. And this game is very historical for Johnny Heckler. He did something that has not happened in the NFL in the last 30 years. On five attempts, 
And on all five of these attempts, all of them landed down inside the 10-yard line. Remarkable. All five. He had this one kick, this last punt, as a matter of fact, of the game, where the, the Bears really put themselves in a position to get some solid, solid field positioning for their offense to really get down the, down the field to score. Next thing you know, here comes Johnny. Here comes Johnny. He boomed a punt that went 63 yards <laughs> and got him landing on the five-yard line. Now, these are the landing spots that Johnny was able to land in this historical night for himself and helping his team get in position to force the Bears to have to go at least 90 yards on every attempt that they had received after a punt. Johnny had balls landing on the 7-yard line, the 10-yard line, the 1-yard line, the 6-yard line, and the 5-yard line. That was incredible. In, in all word, one word to sum it up. So clearly in this matchup, for the type of game that he had, it definitely was a solid, solid game. Sean McVay, head coach for the Los Angeles Rams, said, quote, phenomenal tonight. Exactly what we expect, we didn't even take, we don't even take it for granted, end quote. So the praises from his teammates are solid across the board. You know, I tell you, it was really great. And the defense definitely, definitely was excited about how Johnny performed that night. Justin, uh, Justin um, 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 Hollison, Hollis, linebacker for the Rams, he got and said, in a quote, oh, it's exciting. We got the best punter in the league, and he performs every week. It just feels amazing because when you get the offense back up, the whole, play, whole playbook isn't open, and you can just come off the rock and go make something happen, end quote. So that's what Justin had said about his punter and Johnny Heckler. So the praises had continued with Johnny as he goes out there to do what he normally does week in and week out. And Johnny definitely had to give it back to his his team, his unit. Johnny Heckler said, it start, quote, it starts with the other 10 guys on the punt unit, what he had said in the press conference. It's not just me out there doing it myself. Jake, the long snapper, McQuaid, snapped the ball, snapped the ball on the money. Scotty gives us the great protection calls, makes sure that we all know what we're doing, and the Gunners play their tails off, end quote. So Johnny definitely do not just come out there and just think it's just all him. He knows it starts up front. He knows he has to have himself a clean snap. He knows he has to have the protection to do what he does, and he does it magnificently. So far, I see this four-time All-Pro, six-time Pro Bowler, may get a nod for sure for this year as a Pro Bowler. He definitely, definitely got the nod and gained the honor for the Week 7 NFC Special Teams Player of the Week. He definitely deserved it. He went out there and kicked butt. Great job for Johnny Heckler for the Rams in helping them to um, seal that win Monday night against the Chicago Bears. Now, another player actually was really excited about talking about going into this preview with Washington football team linebacker um, Cole Holcomb. Cole started this season the first week, got banged up, missed four games, and while he was out um, getting ready to come back into the game, he really got into his 
his his game, his film study. Now, not to say that he did not study film prior to his injury. He is a film junkie. But it was something that clicked a little bit more for him as he was detailing what he was doing during the time when he was on his break, while he was in active. I didn't say break, but he was on an active. And how he just basically said that from watching the film, how the game is starting to slow down for him, recognizing certain things that he didn't see in his rookie season last year when he came to the platform in 2019, worked them out in Kansas City, knew this kid was going to be something great in the NFL. And he's trending in that direction. He came back against the Dallas Cowboys, the Washington Redskins' nemesis, I'll tell you. Uh, there's a lot of venom between these two franchises. So he came back at the right time, ready to get down. He had this one play, folks. I don't know if you've seen it, but check it out. He did, annihilated Ezekiel Elliott on the block. <laughs> Cole, Cole came in. Uh, um, Cole came in on a on a blitz, and the only person that was standing in front of him to stop him from getting to Andy Dalton was Ezekiel, and he lit him up. I mean, <laughs> I, I guarantee you that the next time they play. Ezekiel going to want to either do two things, want to try to get back at him or hit him on a block, or he's going to have nightmares knowing that number 55 can come and put his head inside his chest at any moment in that game. Cole filled the stat sheet in that game. He did finish with five tackles. However, within those five tackles, he had a sack. He also had a stop for a loss, and he had an interception in that game as well. This was the Washington football team completely dominated the Dallas Cowboys. And to see that how they dominated the Dallas Cowboys really showed how much of an impact that Cole had in this game. As he came back, ready to rock and roll, as being a leader of this defense, making calls, making plays, being their quarterback on the defense side of the ball, says a lot about how this young man's growth in this league had elevated after one season. The Washington football team is known for having good players. They're also known for letting good players go. I hope that this is, this will not be the situation with Cole. Cole Lovett there. He's having himself a great – I mean, starting this, he had a great season, his rookie season last year. Based off of this game in week seven, look like he's going to finish strong for the rest of the 2020 season. They have something special here with um, Cole. Hopefully, hopefully, Washington, um, hopefully the Washington football team do what they're supposed to do in keeping this young man down because he can be one of those major players in this league. You listen to Locker Talk on the Bachelor News Radio Network uh, where you hear about NFL stars of tomorrow today. We're going to take a, uh, take a quick pause. We're going to wrap up the rest of the information on the, the, the reviews of what happened in week eight, I mean in week seven. Then we're going to jump into week eight. So the trigger matchups to watch out for. So make sure you guys stay tuned and listen to Locker Talk on the Bachelor News Radio Network. If you want real discussions on politics, social issues, racial issues, and other topics, then tune into the Bachelor News Radio Show. Listen live every Monday and Thursday from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Eastern at blogtalkradio.com. And if you miss the show, you can listen every Monday through Saturday at 8 a.m. and 3 p.m. Eastern and every Sunday at 5 a.m. and 3 p.m. at thebachelornews.airtime.pro. Listen and be informed. All right, welcome back. You listen to Locker Talk 
on the, the Bachelor News Radio Network where you hear about NFL stars of tomorrow today. And make sure you guys tune into all the programming. Make sure you guys check out the Donaldson Files with Tom Donaldson and Coco Koshny. Tom Donaldson, Tom Donaldson and Coco discuss politics from the right and the left while giving you entertainment news and guests. Listen every Tuesday and Wednesday night from 7 to 6 p.m. And make sure you also check them out every single day at 3 a.m. and 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at thebasslandnews.airtime.pro. Now, back to following up what happened in week seven of the NFL in regards to the NFL Regional Combine platform players. Now, the cool part about this week was that we've been talking about for a good a good time now about Houston Texans linebacker Terrell Adams. Terrell Adams has been fantastic through the first through the last two weeks as he led the team in tackles for two weeks. Well, folks, it continued. He led the Texans in tackles again for the for the third consecutive week as his team continue to continue to fight, 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 and trying to pull off, you know, a win. Um, they still fell short. However, it's not because of Adams. Adams is out there giving it, giving it, giving it all, blood, sweat, and tears. He's leaving everything out on the field. So he definitely needs to be commended for his solid play um, for the um, Texans. He finished that contest with 10 tackles. Also, one of them, the stops, was for a loss. So, He's all over the field doing his thing out there. Solid, solid performance from Terrell Adams in week seven. Now, also Mike Thomas, wide receiver for the Cincinnati Bengals, had a good game, had uh, caught a big pass in that game. That was a tough, a tough, tough loss against the um, Cleveland Browns, but he still was able to be impactful for the limited opportunities that he had on the field. So Mike, uh, Mike Brown, I mean Mike Thomas doing his thing, for the Cincinnati Bengals, looking to see more of his role increase as the weeks and weeks um, come in the league. Now, that was week seven of the NFL in regards to the NFL regional combine players. Now, going into week eight now, week seven, like I started off saying that there were uh, a lot of teams that didn't play because of the bye week, and we still have probably have a couple of them out there as well. So it's going to be a little bit more slate of games. The best part, we're going to have more regional players out there, a lot of the pioneers that's going to be out there on the field. And one of those pioneers that always jumps off the cross, that come across this, um, the page, is Minnesota Vikings wide receiver Adam Thielen. They're two-time Pro Bowl wide receiver, two-time All-Pro, who is now their number one. Adam, the Vikings had a bye week last week. He's having you know, not so much the, the strongest Adam Thielen type season that we are accustomed accustomed to, but I still believe he's still going to get his thousand yards this season. Right now in the season, he has 32 receptions for 415 yards and seven touchdowns, one of the tops in the league. He also is averaging 13 yards per catch, so it's pretty strong. But if Adam Thielen was right in front of me right now. And if I was to ask him about his performance and his numbers, how good his numbers look, the last thing I've been on his mind is his numbers. He probably just dismissed it, probably cut me off about talking about personal accolades because Adam is a 100%, 1,000% all-team guy. If his numbers 
of not translating wins in a win column for his team, he do not care. He was all about wins. He want wins. Now, there were rumors about him possibly being traded. You know, the Baltimore Ravens had made one trade with the Vikings um, last week from the Rimmerville, like that the, Ra- the Ravens were trying to get Adam Thielen. Now, I live in Baltimore City, love um, Lamar Jackson, but I hope that trade don't go through because if he hadn't come to the Ravens, uh, he's not going to get the ball the way he should because Lamar is still trying to develop to become that legit passer in the league to be able to get to the next level, and Adam Thielen will not not work with this system. So I hope that does not happen. I hope the Vikings do not trade him at all because he is a staple for this team. He's been very consistent ever since he walked um, on on that team, dating all the way back to 2014. So he proved himself to be a solid player, a historical player for that franchise. He's trending in a situation where he'll have his name retired and on that ring of honor with the Minnesota Vikings. He's also a local kid there as well. Hopefully he finishes his career there. Hopefully the Vikings don't let him go because he is sorely needed as this team is slowly starting to try to come around. They just have to be more consistent, and he's been pretty much their most consistent player, especially on the offense side of the ball. Now, Minnesota Vikings take on the Green Bay Packers this weekend. Now, Adam don't have to worry about going up against no one across from him, across from him on the defense side of the ball for the, for the Packers. But on the Packers side, on the offense side, they will have a player from the combine platform. And, yes, he is having himself a great year. And, yes, you hear me talk about him many, many a times. Tight end, Robert Tunyon. Robert is having himself his, a career season. Already five touchdowns already. He's looking to put more um, touchdowns on, on his stat sheet, but most importantly, looking to score more touchdowns for his team so the Packers, so the Packers can make a strong run leading towards the postseason this year. Now, both these guys are in situations where they can actually help their team do so much. We have um, Dylan that's looking to get the Vikings on the winning track to finish strong, and we're looking for, and we also have Tunyon that's looking to help the Packers get their, um, I would say, their winning streak back. So this is something to watch out for with these two guys, two regional guys, legends in their own right, and Adam Thielen, and number 19 for the Vikings, and then Robert um, Robert Tunyon, number 80, number 85 for the Packers. So watch out uh, for these these um, guys and see who will make that play that their team needs. Miami Dolphins take on the Los Angeles Rams, and Los Angeles and Los Angeles Rams are a formidable opponent on the offense side of the ball. You really have to have some consistency in order to make sure you control this team offensively, because the Rams are going to always be there. The Rams are always going to come; they're always going to be challenging. But Sean McVay, um, their their head coach, pretty much when they look labeled as an offensive genius, you know he's going to always keep coming. So you have to be consistent and stopping this team. The Miami Dolphins is one of those teams that not as consistent, but they're getting better because they're a young team that's putting things together. But one thing's for sure, one thing's for sure, is that they're going to fight you like dogs in this game. And the best part about this situation is that on the defense side of the ball, they have two players from the regional combine platform. And linebacker Kumar Crochet-Hill 
and cornerback Nate Neenamham. You're familiar with these guys, especially when you listen to Locker Talk on the Bachelor News Radio Network, where you hear about NFL stars of tomorrow today. And, yes, I am your host, Barry Barnes, founder and CEO of LockerDashport.com. Now, to stop the Rams, they definitely need Crochet Hill to get at the quarterback, get at Jared Goff, and also Nick Neenaham, which he is capable of and what he has been doing is create nightmares for the situations for those wide receivers. So in order for the Miami Dolphins to be triumphant in Tua Tonga-Valoa's debut in the NFL as quarterback, they definitely need a defense to step up to do some great things. And with these two guys, Fouché Hill and Nina Ham, they can, they, can, they can get the job done. Indianapolis Colts going up against the Detroit Lions. Indianapolis Colts have themselves a phenomenal um, cornerback and Kenny Moore, the second, another product from the NFL Regional Combine who came through the process in 2016, going up against Marvin Hall, wide receiver for the Lions. Now, Marvin Hall, for some reason, this talent, you know, is not getting as much um, targets, uh, not being – he's in there with the offense, but not as much. But when he is on that field, he is definitely a, a, a threat, especially a deep ball threat. And if he's lined up out, out there on that game on Sunday, best believe that Kenny Moore II will have his crack at trying to stop him and contain him. So make sure you watch out for that matchup with the Indianapolis Colts. Number 23, Kenny Moore II, going against Marvin Hall for the Detroit Lions, number 17. So watch out for that head-to-head matchup. The Seattle Seahawks had themselves a tough game Sunday night uh, after they had control of the Arizona Cardinals in that matchup. So it definitely left them with a bad taste in their mouth, and especially on the defense side of the ball because they felt as though they were responsible for allowing the Cardinals to get back in this game. Now, the Cardinals have themselves a good young quarterback there and a good nucleus of offensive players. But the Seattle Seahawks recognized that they could have done better, and I think this team is going to bounce back after that loss. Now, as far as the platform is concerned, Vincent Merriweather, defensive end, and cornerback Quentin Dunbar. They actually was having themselves a good game that Sunday night, especially Quentin, as he definitely had to had to out had to, you know, deal duel across Anthony Hopkins and also Christian Kirk. So he had his hands full that night and he had some big plays that he was favored in and some of them went against him, but yet he was still out there working hard and he did his thing out there on the field. They're gonna need both these guys to turn it up a notch as they'll go against the San Francisco 49ers. They have to get to Jimmy Garoppolo. They have to find a way to slow him down. They will have to slow down this massive offensive attack. And this team is physical enough, big enough, and familiar with in terms of slowing down and stopping the 49ers. I do expect to see Benson find a way to disrupt Jimmy Garoppolo. Benson has been doing this all season, whether if he's getting a, a major sack, or if he's swiping a quarterback, causing a fumble, creating turnovers. That is something that he's somewhat, I'm going to say mastered. He's not there yet because he's not what we consider a primetime player as of yet. He's definitely one on the quiet side, one of those players to watch out for that is making plays out there as an edge rusher, getting to the quarterback, making plays in the backfield. So he definitely had to get to Jimmy G. Now, Quentin Dunbar is going to go up against some other fast wide receivers in this matchup, not as daunting as the Cardinals, 
but the Cardinals do have a have a Hall of Famer there, and and uh, and, and um, uh, Larry Fitzgerald, Anthony Hopkins. I mean, I'm the, I'm the, yeah, with Hopkins over there as well, and also Christian Kirk. He had his hands full that Sunday. He may have his hands full again, going against the 49ers, and he is highly capable of making things happen. Now we know that it's a good possibility that safety Jamal Adams will be back for this game, so this is going to help Quinton to move around the field a little bit more, pretty much have his options of who he wants to go up against to make the stops on. So it's going to be really, really interesting to see how Quinton is going to respond to this 49ers offense. So both players, Minson and Quinton, good luck to you guys going up against the 49ers. I know you guys are going to do well as you do week in and week out. The Las Vegas Raiders go up against the Cincinnati, go against the Cleveland Browns in this matchup. And in this matchup, <coughs> excuse me, you're going to have something to watch out for, especially in the trenches, if you can keep up. Denzel Good, guard for the Las Vegas Raiders. He's going to go up against Miles Garrett and that front seven of the Cleveland Browns. We're going to watch out for that matchup with number 71, Denzel Good for the Raiders, going up against the Browns, front seven. Now, the big game of the week, Ravens versus Steelers. Alorenzo, winner of the Ravens, left tackle for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pro Bowl, left tackle, looking to go up against his nemesis in the Baltimore Ravens. Going to have his hands full, knowing he got to deal with Matthew Judon, the trades they made. Everyone know about the Ravens' front seven. The Steelers going to be up for this game. Ben Roethlisberger, first matchup going against Lamar Jackson, going to be exciting. But it's going to be really exciting to see how Winner of Viva can keep that front seven off of Ben Roethlisberger, who's having himself a Pro Bowl season. It's great to see the Steelers back. The Steelers make this league better. And hopefully, listen to Locker Talk, help your understanding of the NFL is better. You listen to Locker Talk on the Bass News Radio Network, where you hear about NFL stars of tomorrow today. I'm your host, Barry Barnes, founder and CEO of LockerDashport.com. And make sure you guys check out their site. Big time news on the NFL that you don't hear anywhere else. Check me out on any one of my social handles on Twitter at Locker underscore report, Facebook, LockerReport.com, and Locker Talk Podcast, and on Instagram, LockerReport100, all small caps. Make sure you guys tune in to Bassin News Radio Network Pro and listen to my show for an hour. Back to back shows, 2 and 2.30. Make sure you guys check it out. Everyone stay blessed. Enjoy week eight. Everyone be safe out there.